Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are watching and listening. This is the Holistic Monitor, and I'm your host, Nick Sconia. We look forward to your participation, discussion, and input. Your support has meant the world to me this last year and helps to bring better production and secure the topics you want to hear. Head to holisticmonitor.com for ways to listen in and support. And with that, let's get the show started. I'll make sure that you can hear me this time around. My last uh, live stream, I did a whole round without the uh, volume on. But uh, now we are live on Tuesdays. 9 p.m. and it's a little late tonight and that's going to happen it's going to flex here and there we are in uh, the realm of uh, mercury retrograde now so i expect lots of uh, fun delays and whatnot to happen we're going to have our guest tonight reagan forston he's going to be joining us he is a facilitator for people to visit the afterlife in the current their current life uh, without a traumatic experience. So I'm very interested to hear about that. Uh, that's going to be, he'll be on here shortly when he comes on. We'll pull him in, I'll say in about 15 minutes or so. And he's written a book as well. Uh, three hours, 33 minutes. And oh, let's get that sound off there. There we go. I hope everybody has had a uh, good start to their week. And uh, really looking forward to this new show format, the live on Tuesdays. Very different from what I'm used to doing, but um, I think it'll be a really, uh, a really good time and a good experience for everybody. So his book is called Three Hours, 33 Minutes in Heaven. So that gives you an idea as to where we're going. To so we got this. I want to make sure all of my components are ready to go. Yeah, so it's been good. So I, I actually wanted to drop in as well. We have a new intro. Uh, we have the holisticmonitor.com website. Still working on some more product line for you, stickers and whatnot. Some of it's metaphysical, not specifically show-related. And uh, then, of course, you can also support the show directly with the Holistic Monitor Sun emblazoned on a shirt. Something like that would be great. Show it off. Take a picture. We are at uh, the one-year anniversary of the show and we changed formats a few times on the show but uh, so far so good where I was the uh, guest and host um, it's got a really good showing and it seems to be uh, you know taken off so that's great and I really thank you which is talk as well the holistic monitor a good thing up up so yeah it's been good uh, more about I'm very open to uh, exploring new guests and uh, new topics. As part of the show, I like to focus on uh, philosophy, spirituality, and holistic wellness, uh, alternative medicine, and the, the, the gamut is very large. It's a, a whole spread of different things and uh, show topics that I'd love to cover. Ancient stories, ancient philosophy, um, anything that would be something that would help our current state, a story from the past that kind of makes sense, maybe gives us a good, uh, a good moral, a good moral to the story to bring us uh, full circle. 
this live chat up here. Okay. So um, another note for the things going on. We have the new website, Life Energy Publications. That is uh, the uh, place for life energy, life energy research, the self-awareness formulas. And we have a full, um, full uh, page full of books, also some merchandise there, as well as lots and lots of information on how you can also learn the self-awareness formulas and what the uh, benefit would be for you in that as well. So that is something else we have going on in a moment. Uh, oh, more drop frames. Well, that is live, folks. So uh, we should be having him join any minute now into our our feed, and uh, looking forward to it. Now, the podcast that you hear is coming out about a day to two days later than the actual live. As it says, Tuesdays at 9 p.m., the podcast gets edited and reformatted and put out through the uh, Spotify and Amazon Music and all that on Thursday. So if you wanted to catch the show live and wanted to make some... Uh, uh, so, you know, bring up some questions for the guests. You can do that with the live show. Uh, as a side note, you can also comment after the show has already been produced. And I can also forward those questions over to the guest. Uh, tonight, again, we have Reagan Forston joining us. And we're going to be talking about what I believe hypnosis and uh, a life between lives. That's the name of the show. Going to be going over the uh, world that we visit after we pass, and there's a lot of mystery to that. It's definitely a subject I have um, studied a little bit about. I definitely have found that very interesting uh, through some things that I'm going to bring up with the guest to see what his thoughts are on that. And uh, the what I'd love to hear from anybody watching that wants to join in on the chat or in the questions afterward, is if you've had an experience with a near-death experience or a uh, um, astral travel of sorts that would brought you to uh, a place that you thought was also the, uh, the afterworld, and, um, and what your experiences are with that, what your thoughts are as to where you went, um, some people say that it's just the uh, the mind, or the DMT being released into the brain uh, that gives us a a different sense of awareness, different perception to the world around us, uh, opens up more senses. Uh, myself, um, I love the subject. Uh, I definitely think that the reincarnation uh, subject is... A pretty diverse one in that um, oh, dropping frames all over the place um, is a pretty diverse field of study this um, see if I can just turn that off there we go uh, diverse field of study that uh, I know that through hypnosis they can bring people to uh, past lives and um, journeying now so i'm going to have him join in uh here in just a second 
Make sure that he is showing on the stream. Make sure he can hear me. Can hear you fine. I can hear you. Okay, great. We're going to jump in here. And okay, there we have you. How are you doing, Reagan? I'm doing fine, thank you. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, I was just trying to fill some time time gap there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was talking about um, what you do. You have you have a book um, that you put out. I want to make sure I get it yep. all straight. It's a lot of threes, three hours that you're using in the title. Yeah, it was that was in a uh, an approximate time of the the time I spent on the other side and. Um, uh, just I just know with the uh, the power of numbers, you know that, that it just seemed to be better than saying two eighteen and twenty seconds or whatever, you know, right? Two hours and twenty seconds or something. Uh, there, uh, this, I've been two times now. I went to second time. I haven't written a book about it, but it was more it was more brief. And twenty eight of us therapists we swapped sessions and we did it over Zoom. And wow. back during COVID, we all went and asked the same questions about COVID and the vaccines. Mm. And then we each sent in our what uh, what it was, because we're all the 250 of us now they are carrying on um, uh, Michael Newton's work are just deep into this research of. Yeah. You know, so it's it's fascinating work. I mean, I'm just I get goosebumps time after time when something new happens that we haven't discovered mm. or uh, or or, um, you know, or my client has it and especially you know, what I call a plus plus session okay. where they get all their questions answered, talk to everybody they want to talk to. And then something um, out of the ordinary or something happens, you know, um, like now what I've, what I've done in the research, I started asking the council when people before the council and I'll say, because they've gotten a lot of information along the way about how to fix things in their life or uh, what they need to do to reverse some of their health issues, things like that. And so it means my clients have work to do when they come back. You know, they've got to start doing some self-improvement and, mm. and get to taking care of themselves. So I ask them if they can see a possible future of them. If, In other words, if they follow all these things and fix things, can they look into the future a little bit and see what it would be like? And so far they've said yes. Mm. So for uh, a little bit, my clients are somewhere and I, I let them. I'm just kind of quiet while I'm next to them for a little while. And then after a while, they'll say, wow, or something. I'll say, well, tell me what's going on. Where are you? What's going on? And things are pretty good. Yeah. You know, that they have. So they get a little glimpse and then they're back before the council. So mm. kind of getting interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you know, there's no okay. there's no time or space over there. So when I have someone in a past life, um, we have them go to a past life as just a doorway to the afterlife. Right. Because they have met they have memories of that life and what happened after and about them going home, you know. And so it's a, an easy uh, way to kind of get there where we want to go. Um, and um, so um, actually when they, here's what's been interesting lately too, that I've done with my clients when they see themselves pass away and they're ready to go home about half hour for a little bit. And then a few minutes later they say, okay, I'm ready. And I'll say, well, what'd you do? Hmm. And um, it's interesting um, to hear the different ways that they try to get through to us. Most of which, um, you've heard about on other shows or, you know, TV things, because it's so common, like someone has somebody die and they'll say, oh my gosh, I was, I was, my uncle appeared to me in my dream last night and it was so real and he was just smiling or waving. Some yeah. people wake up in the middle of the night and they see like a hologram or something or someone waving at them. Right. They're in, they're in the house and all of a sudden the lights are flickering all over the place, 
and they'll have an electrician come out and there's nothing wrong here. And then they, they, they think about their father, whoever. They always had this, um, uh, this ritual where she'd be reading a book and he'd come up behind and blow on her ear from behind hmm. and it would get her, you know. And so he said, well, when I passed away, that's just what I did. I said, I just, she was, she was there grieving and crying and stuff. And I snuck up behind her and my soul self and I'm trying to use all my energy or something. And then she went like this and looked kind of like right where I was. And I said, she's going to be okay now, you know, yeah. because, you know, she, she realized, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my husband, you know? So it helps to take a little bit of the sting out of grief uh, right. there. So, and then um, I asked my uh, clients, I say, okay, now um, uh, what happens next? And in a sense, they're like rising up above there, like above the earth, they can see in wild distances. And then, um, there's like uh, a guide or a family member that's on the other side that's there. And um, then uh, sometimes we ask the family member or, you know, because um, sometimes family members that passed away were actually their guides who came down in the physical form to be mm. with their with their person. That's happened sometimes. But uh, usually the, like a family member is just there because, you know, they know the ropes and they're going to say, hey, I'll take you home. So sometimes uh, I'll say, well, can the family member take us to your guide? And then we follow them. And and then um, about 99.9 percent, .9%, almost all of the hundreds I've done, the people get to meet their guide face to face. Hmm. Um, and that's that's a big thing in the session because it's this real big awakening of people realizing that none of us are ever alone. Right. We always have somebody on the IPS someday, hmm. you know, once we. Uh, you know, raised up to that level of love. Uh, one of the jobs that you can have up there is to be a guide to help other people. You know, eventually people get to where they're on councils and so forth. It, it's it's like on the other side, it's just a continuing, a continuing journey of clients say, well, I want to see God, where's he at, you know? <laughs> and everybody goes, yeah, he's there somewhere. You know, I mean, it's like, even in this part of heaven here, he's greater than that even. Right, and, you know, the yeah. humanness are a little bit they'll go oh is this satanic at all or whatever and i go it's as far from that as you can get i mean right. it's, we've found nothing but love and light uh, over on the other side and um so uh, if they're christian and they decide to do this um i say well talk to jesus if you can and so we'll um before the council and we'll say well my client has chosen you know christianity as their way for spiritual enlightenment and they'll say fine mm -hmm. and they'll say is it possible for my client to uh, have a conversation with jesus and the three that i had this last year all three of them um oh my gosh uh, two of them they had tears so they're in trance you know they're they're deep in hypnosis and they just had tears coming down their eyes mm. and um so i'm quiet while they have a conversation and then afterwards and everything that jesus talks about i mean because jesus knows that a lot of people look up to him as their person who's, uh, you know, helping them evolve. Yeah. So uh, when people ask over there, because um, some of them, they'll say, okay, I'm before the council now, here I am. What's the one religion that I should follow? Because uh, I love where I'm at right now and I want to do the best thing that I can. And they'll basically, there's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but they'll say, well, you know, if you feel you need a religion, you probably do need one. So, you know, pick, pick a good one that makes you feel like you're progressing. What practice, what should I do to kind of stay connected here? And every single time they tell them meditation, mm. they say that that's, that's God's gift to us to um, shorten the length or shorten the space between here and there. Mm. Uh, because when you're in that, in that deep meditative state, 
uh, that's when you can kind of hear what they're trying to tell you. You know, that's when inspiration can be, uh, which is interesting where they get their inspiration as some sort of meditative state, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Um, what's it called? There's a guy he's taught, he's taught, he's had like a million people go to his class, Silva. I guess it's the Silva method. Have you heard of that? That sounds familiar, um, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, it'd be great to have someone on there be a guest on your show. And what they, they do with corporations is they teach the people in the corporate sector how to themselves take themselves to then you act on them in the awake state, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Silva method, I think that the son is taken over from the father who discovered this back in the 40s or something. Oh, okay. So it's just helping them get to that relaxed state. Yeah. And, you know, people say, well, I don't think I can, it's hypnosis, right? I don't think I can be hypnotized. And in my experience now, everybody can if they allow it to happen. Right. Some people just can't let go and relax. So there's, and then you, we don't get anywhere, you know, but about 90% of my clients have this beautiful experience within one. Sometimes it takes a second session. I've had a couple come three and one person refused to give up and came four times. And finally on the fourth time, she had one of the best sessions ever, you know? So it's, because um, all we do in this whole thing is we, um, uh, we take people through the process of falling asleep. Because that's all this is. It's just getting really, really relaxed. Scientifically, if you're looking at someone's brainwaves, like right now, you and I, when we're talking, our brainwaves are real close together in the beta state. As you begin to relax, and they've they've had people on machines, they show that they start getting what they call the alpha waves as you get start to fall asleep or meditate. Mm-hmm. And then theta waves come in. They're a little further apart. And then delta. Well, what we found out is right when you get into the theta state, and the only reason we say that theta state is because that's when if I wasn't talking and communicating with people, they just fall asleep. OK, yeah. so just to kind of keep you right on the edge, it's the same feeling is, you know, when you just wake up, you like you've been in, you're still in your dream. But yet you hear that someone turned on the TV in the other room, but you're still finishing that dream up, you know, but then you you remember that you hear the TV in the other room. So it's kind of just staying right there on the edge. Uh, and that seems to be where I call it a God switch that almost everybody has um, yeah. where you can access these memories of past lives and everything. So, um, yeah, we, I, we just we're right around 70,000 now that mm. we've helped. Uh, wow, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Now, so, um, yeah. Uh, because yeah. it just interplays so well and, you know, you can play the movie, you can have strange actors come in, you know, all sorts of great stuff broadcast for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, the holodeck, yeah, just kind of play out the day. That's my my mm-hmm. my uh, favorite time to meditate. <laughs> it's right in the oh, yeah. right when I'm in that space. When, you know, when people meditate, their day is totally different than if they don't. You know, it just it uh, takes the sharp edges off of things. Yeah, you know, as I say, it smooths us out so that even if you have problems, uh, you can navigate through them easier. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's like life medicine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, so your pot, your pot. Yeah, okay. go ahead, please. Yeah. Well, to say your podcast here now, um, you're uh, New York time. Uh, I'm in Kentucky, and oh, Kentucky. Kentucky in the uh, far tip to the west is central. But oh, wow. uh, so I really probably should be in central time zone. I'm that close to the line. Yeah. Um, I sunsets, actually, you know. Only t- time i've been in kentucky i went across the bridge from cincinnati into um 
about two miles inside Kentucky, and they had a ventriloquist mm. uh, uh, museum there. Uh, I'm okay. trying to think what it's called. But oh. I went over there, too. I was a ventriloquist back in this for 30 years. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and so I went to the museum there you know, at one time to okay. see all the – it was a convention, for actually, ventriloquists, so that was nuts. Wow. I mean, you had yeah. like 200 guys going around <laughs> in their alter egos, and it was – it was it was almost too much. A lot of a lot of uh, voices being thrown around the room. <laughs> yeah, a lot of. I remember thinking, "Geez, I'm doing this crazy thing," but that's uh, how I made my living for a lot of years. Wow, how about that? Now uh, let's raise, let's raise. go into that a little bit. Um, you've only been doing this for a few years. Uh, what got you started? What uh, kind of motivated you into this um, almost a realm of of service? Yeah. Um, well, it's been a, like a long time happening. As I'd say, like it, it, I, I, I go step by step in my in the book, the three hours, thirty three minutes in heaven. I go step by step about these things that happened where my life would just shift, mm -hmm. you know. And I, all of a sudden, wow! I mean, uh, I've had so many shifts. But I learned. I had my first. Um, I was four years old. Uh, went to sleep, and the next thing I knew, I'm on the ceiling looking down at my body, mm. and I. I jumped up. I mean, I was like, I would, I just, I scared me so much. I, I guess it forced me back in my body. I jumped up, ran into my father's room and he came in with a broom and showed me there's no, you know, I, I didn't know what to say. I mean, all I knew is it shocked me that how can I be looking down at my body? You know, yeah. no one ever taught me about that. You know, four-year-olds don't know that. Right. So it happened another night and another night and then it began to scare me. So I laid back uh, in my, I laid up when it was time to go to sleep and I tried to, you know, four-year-old, what's your logic? I'm trying to keep myself from going to sleep, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't want this to happen. It scared me. Right. Eventually I closed my eyes. And when I opened them, there was two men standing in my room and I can remember it plain as day and they were dressed in white and I was not afraid at all. It was, it's actually was very calming. And I don't know if it was through telepathy or what, but they just told me it's okay. It's okay. We're not going to let this happen to you again. Just You can close your eyes and go to sleep. And I did. Mm. And then, uh, so nothing ever happened until I was 23 and um, I found this, uh, or I should say the spiritual path found me. It was called um, Ekankar. Oh, yeah. And uh, they gave me a, a mantra, a hue to sing. And they say, look, this is all about you having a personal relationship with God, you know. And so they just said, sing the hue, boom, boom, start this relationship. So, you know, I'm in there trying every day for like six weeks and nothing happened. And I'm getting disappointed. And, and uh, although I would always feel really good after meditating for a while singing the hue you know and then one night i did that i dozed off a little bit next thing i know i'm i'm in another world i mean mm. it was it was so awesome it's like this i can remember it's like the skies were yellow there was like wheat fields of like yellowish brown mm. and there about every acre there was like one of these giant only thing i could say is oak trees because they were big and fat and really impressive mm. you know and um and then all of a sudden I realized that I'm about, looks like maybe a hundred feet up in the air. I wasn't in a body really. Mm. And I was seeing, I was seeing 360 degrees, you know, and that's when it was kind of like, Oh, F yeah. <laughs> I'm out of my body. <laughs> and so and then I kept, brought me back in my body. Mm. And, uh, I was, I, that's when I lost my fear of death. Mm. Uh, that's when I realized again now that I'm, I'm more than this physical body, you know, and that jump started me to look for anything spiritual, you know, yeah. so I started reading all the holy books and, you know, going to different churches and different things. Um, and um, 
you know, kind of, kind of, kind of got me started. So, um, what I started learning to do is follow, I guess you call it inner guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that thing where, you know, people, Oh, it's a coincidence or something. Well, they get to be so, so much in your face that you go, this just isn't coincidence. Right. And I would learn sometimes I'd be, be somewhere and I, and all of a sudden I'd get this guidance and I go, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to follow the guidance. And when I would, um, amazing things would happen. Yeah. You know, um, so I ended up going from, I mean, when I look at how I started out, I went from being a, a, uh, a paper boy to working at a service station. And then I, then I was a door to door salesman. Then I started my own door to door sales company, you know, mm-hmm. then I became a real estate broker, had a real estate company at 26 that I had. And then I gave that up at 29 to go to clown school. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, became a clown and a juggler and a stilt walker and, and became really known in the clown community. And, um, actually they have a picture, a, a statues of me and uh, my wife, who was a clown too, who wow. ended up touring in that, in a museum there in Wisconsin, you know, okay. and I ended up teaching clown school, the university of Wisconsin and also at, at uh, Michigan state university when they had a summer program for teaching people to be clowns professionally. But that turned into being a corporate comedian and that turned into being a fake motivational speaker for corporations. (laughs) And then I went to Hollywood. I ended up being in 12 years in Hollywood, being in a bunch of movies, um, mostly independent films, short films and, you know, commercials, that sort of thing. Ended up down in Mexico. um, And uh, then, you know, 2008, that's when the, all the financial thing happened and mm-hmm. where I would usually get about say $5,000 to do a corporate show, you know, fly in, do a custom comedy show for a corporation. Couldn't get hired after that. I mean, it, it, it wow. was like 500 bucks if I could. So I was guided. I had a, my girlfriend was sitting next to me. She happened to see a little tiny one inch ad in this little paper of some sort. She says, Hey, look, uh, here's this place. They, they say they'll teach you to be, uh, to hypnotize people and it's free. You know, and it was a university in uh, the biggest hypnotherapy university in the country, which is in L.A. Hmm. And the first they let you come in to get a taste of what it's like the first weekend. So I went to the free weekend and and all of a sudden I thought, ah, you know, I could become a stage hypnotist uh, because those guys could work every weekend at the same bar for a yeah. year because, you know, it's the same, you know. So anyway, <laughs> um, then something happened. It's like when I started realizing how the mind works. And how you can actually program what, you know, you can take out some programs in your mind that aren't working and put good ones in there. Right. I thought, why don't, why aren't they teaching this to, to children, to schools? So people have more, you know, anyway, long story short, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I think I'm going to help people with their issues instead of making them quack like ducks. You know, like <laughs> in a stage. Right, right. It's an act. So, yeah. yeah. Then um, people would come to me and they'd want to do a past life regression. Mm. And I, by this time, I'd had some past life experiences, like in the dream state or when I was in meditation, uh, had some kind of pretty dramatic stuff happen. And uh, so I totally believed in it. And when they would come to me, it was so much fun to do them, the past lives, because it's something different and exciting, you know, better than help people stop smoking or lose weight. Yeah. You know, the regular things that hypnotherapists do. And um, <laughs> then um, my uh, my fiance um back about eight years ago now seven years ago um for my birthday she was taking me hawaii well um i'd gotten i I had a hypnotherapy client i was helping him paint his house it was a gentleman that is but i got myself into it was 110 degrees 
Al, I was helping him paint his house because he couldn't afford it. And I needed to get him in a, in a home where he could get some care and he mm. needed to sell his house. So I would help him there. And that, that night or on my way back up to San Francisco, cause I, that guy was in LA and I was going to my girlfriend's in San Francisco and I started shivering and I was cold and I thought, Oh, I must just, you know, must just be heat stroke or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, had to catch a plane the next day. I got so sick on the plane when I got off, she took me to the emergency room. They did a, they did a scan of me and they says, you know, asked me if I smoked. And I said, no, <laughs> and you know, when I was 10 years old till I was 14, I smoked, but that was, <laughs> and I never inhaled. <laughs> right. You know, so I can't have cancer. They said, well, we're flying. So they flew me from um, one island to another in a plane. Yeah. It was a, about a 30 minute trip. And you know, my bill was like 22,000 for that 30 minute little trip. It's yeah. crazy. Wow. But anyway, I ended up in a hospital in Hawaii for uh, about a month and a half. And they thought I had stage four lung cancer. Mm. So I was like, going to be history. So it makes you do a lot of reflecting when you're sitting there in the hospital bed and you're thinking, oh my God, I don't know how I got this or whatever. This might be all I have left. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, they did a biopsy and they found out I had something called valley fever, mm. which is rare. It's something you can only get in parts of California, a little bit of upper Mexico and the Baja and upper Mexico and parts of Arizona. It's a little spore that's buried in the ground and it, like when they have a dry season the wind comes up and it gets in the air yeah you could be just driving down the highway and you you breathe in one of those microscopic little spores and it starts growing in your lungs and it's uh it's it's fatal for a lot of people that are elderly you know when they're yeah. over 60 and i was at that time so okay. so anyway i'm laying there for that month in bed and and all of a sudden what came to me i remember reading this journey of souls, which was Michael Newton's first book that he wrote in 1995 or so. And I had read it back then. And I was so enthralled by it. Like, wow, I want to do that. I want to visit heaven. I want to have this out of huge, wonderful out of body experience. So I remember checking into it then, and there was a four year waiting list, you know, so I went, you know, forget it, you know, right. Well, you know, forget that way. That. Yeah. But then I got to thinking, <laughs> yeah, I got to thinking, you know, Hey, you know, I do these past life regressions. I'm getting pretty good at it. And I decided when I was there, not knowing if I was going to live or not, I said, you know what, if I get out of here, that's what I want to do. And when I put that intention there, <laughs> anyway, I got finally got out of the hospital. I applied uh, to have it done. I was broke at the time with all these bills and everything. Um, but someone, some beautiful person helped pay like half of my tuition. And they were doing the training 50 miles from where I lived of all the places because they do it two places in the world every year. Hmm. And it was 50 miles from where I lived. So I was able to um, to get the training done. It took me about a year to get certified because okay. they're pretty strict. You have to you have to have enough successful sessions. They look at them, make sure you're doing everything right. And then they certify you, you know. Yeah. And so it's about eight, about eight years I've been doing it now. OK. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was just on, you know, coast to coast last saturday right so oh god how'd that go and three thousand three thousand people in my website oh know? wow and i've got i've got i think 130 people wanted sessions so um <laughs> what i'm doing i'm going to help as i'm going to help as many as i can and, yeah and then uh, well, there's 250 of us so i'm going to spread it out you know and get everybody working you know wow it's so. amazing yeah my show's a yeah. lot smaller than that so don't don't expect the flood or anything <laughs> I just doesn't matter. I appreciate you being on my show. There you go. <laughs> oh, I, I, this is great. I just, well, see, that's what I want. I was on the board for a while, um, and mainly because um, 
I, I was good about uh, booking podcasts and things and kind of spreading the word. Yeah. Uh, but then w- when there was all the other duties that came with that, I, I wasn't able to keep up with too much yeah, it's a lot. Uh, administrative and all that. And I wanted to actually be in the field, you know. Mm-hmm. So I resignated. I did a resignation, but they asked if I could still help with public engagement. And so um, what I really want to do is to get booked for, you know, some churches are actually open to this. I know. Yeah. Not, yeah. not a lot. You know, some churches are more progressive now. Um, and, um, uh, companies I'm surprised sometimes about, there are some companies out there that really have owners that are spiritual, spiritual, and they send people on retreats and they have people come in and teach them about, you know, mindfulness and meditation and that sort of thing. So I want to be available to, um, to go in and speak to groups, you know, as well as doing, uh, as many podcasts as I can. Yeah. So that's kind of my, uh, yeah, <laughs> my rich. thing now. The PR. I, yeah. yeah. I have. I have my busiest week coming up next week. Um, usually I've been able to cruise with this, like, and I think it's, there must be saying I'm ready to take on a bigger workload, but I would try to do like not more than maybe three a week because sessions are about five hours long. Um, actually, uh, I'm actually uh, certified with the quantum healing hypnosis, you know, Dolores Cannon school uh, also. Yeah. And so what I've done is I've, yeah, it's um, she was doing research the same time that Michael Newton was. They didn't know about it until they happened to run into, into each other. And they found out they were getting the same results. So it was pretty great. Uh, but she concentrates a little bit in that quantum healing. They concentrate on a little bit more uh, about the healing aspect, you know, finding right. out about people's health issues, seeing if they can get some healing or some reasons why. So what I do when people are before the council now, I'll say the council, I says, well, now that you've answered all their questions that they prepared and we thank the council, I says, my client has some health issues we'd like to address. May we? And they'll say yes. And I'll ask the council. I'll say, may, should I ask my client's higher self uh, to do a body scan to see what we can do? Because we know that can be done because that's what Dolores Cannes does. Or I'll say, do you have somebody here that's maybe more qualified for the issues of my client? About 70% of the time they say, no, we have somebody here. And then immediately, my, there's a, a being in front of my clients, and we start addressing their health issues. Mm. And um, I had an interesting one last week. I had a gentleman came to me. He's got cancer in five places in his body, five tumors. He's only 38 years old, and the cancers are small. But they identified him when he went to, you know, there. And so they're keeping an eye on everything. Yeah. Um, and what we found out was, we first we asked is why. You know, why is my client having to go through this? And it was because of... Um, his abuse of alcohol and drugs and everything as a, as a uh, teen, you know, a young man up, you know, for like 10 years or so that had just messed up his body, you know? And um, when we asked if mm. it was possible to reverse these, they said, yes, but it, it means he's got to be off alcohol, any drugs together. And he has to start eating, you know, they gave him that he was seeing himself eating good foods and things in his body. Um, and, um, so, uh, we asked if we could have a, well, then, then, then I said to, here's what was interesting was it said, well, who, he was describing this being in front of him. And it was like a being that was like 40 feet tall. You know, he's like, his side was this giant health guy. Mm. So we ask guys, cause we ask all these questions cause we're researching, you know, so right. I say, ask your, ask the healing person. I forget what he gave us his name, but I forget. He says, why did he appear to you as this giant this way? He says, I'm trying to show you that you are this big, that mm. you can do this, mm. you know? So it was very interesting. That was really good. Wow. Just saying, you know, in other words, big, you can do this, you know? Mm. And my client's six, four. 
you know, he was six oh, okay. four, so he, he got ready. <laughs> but yeah. you know, so this, so then we asked if he could do um, uh, a body scan, and the the being said yes. And I told my client, okay, I'm going to be quiet for a little bit. You experience this, and then tell me what happens. So a few minutes later, he says, oh, he says we're done with that now. And and I said, what happened? He says the being took his energy and pulled it in. It was like he said it was like like my energy, like I had a finger, and he took my finger and put it into his into the guide. The the guide put his finger into the guide's chest, mm-hmm. you know. And he said it was like he could just feel like these like colored energy, like um like waves of energy, like probably like a scan, you know, just right. through his body, all these colors. Wow. And he said it was very pleasant, you know, that way. And then uh, when we were done, we asked. You see the, the Unless you ask over there, they won't just heal you. Right. Because you have to, Rest. you know, they won't invade on you at all. Right. right. You have to ask. Yeah. So we always say, well, now can my client, can you heal him? And they said, well, he's got to do a lot of work on his own for this to be reverse. But he, but he said, I've begun the healing. Mm-hmm. As long as he does the work that he has, I've kind of jump started it a little bit there. Mm. So that was kind of, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So and you keep um, track of that as well. You get feedback later that uh, will tell you whether or not that has taken effect. I need to. That's one thing. I started that a year and a half ago, and I've been doing this what six, maybe eight years now. I've been doing this seven years. I have to look seven, see six, four, five. I've been doing about seven years, I guess. Yeah. And um, uh, like for instance, a, a client that I had a few weeks ago, she's been trying to get pregnant for. Uh, like eight years and just it's just not work she wants to have a child so bad and she feels that there is a child in her future Mm. but it's just uh, not happening Mm. Um, and she's had donors you know sperm donors and and done everything that she can so when she's on the other side I thought I thought um, hey just ask you know she asked one of the questions says is there a child in her future and they said most possibly not for sure but most (laughs) possibly well, a little later on in the thing, when she goes to her soul group, because this is one thing in the life between life process, everybody gets to go to their soul group. And that's a group of souls that you normally incarnate with. And so, um, you know, like an acting troupe, I look at it like, you know, all buddies and like they decide, OK, who's the next play? How can I be? A, how can I be an actor in your play? I'll come down to Earth and incarnate to help you. And they, everybody helps everybody. Right. So all of a sudden she's at the soul group, but there's only three um, she sees like beings of light that she says, and that's unusual because usually there's a lot more. And I'm thinking, cause she had a whole list of people she wanted to talk to yeah. on the other side, you know? So, um, this one, she said, she, and she was describing her. She was, it was kind of like angelic, like a, like a, like a young girl with had yellow. There's a lot of yellow in her aura, a lot of colors in that. And, um, so, uh, I said, well, maybe that's your guide. You know, maybe that's another guide or something. And and the, and the angel or whatever she's seeing said no. And he says, well, can you, you know, can you take us? Um, because it's funny. She was the only one. She was the only one that when she passed on, the guide wasn't right there. And hmm. so what we had to do, we had to work around that. And I think it was a relative or something took us somewhere. And then she went to the council. But she still hadn't met her guide. So she went to the soul group and just saw these three beings. And we thought, well, hey, maybe this is where her guide is. And nope. And then we asked this. Uh, I said, well, ask the one that you feel close to there that's communicating with you. Can she, because it seemed like it was a female energy, take us to the guide? And she said, yeah. So all of a sudden there was the guide. You hmm. know, 
So then all of a sudden my client's in trance and she starts just crying. Oh my gosh. Just let out this cry that, oh my gosh, I'm wondering what's going on. And she said, this angel that took her there, she said, this is going to be my daughter. I guess the, 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 and so they started communicating and that being said, yes, you're going to be my mom. And, but it's not going to be for a little while yet. And then, uh, she said, the other good news is that your soulmate that you've never met yet, the person who with us is agreed to come down and be my stepfather. And he's, um, he's going to come down once I'm like, you know, two or three years old. And because she'd always wondered about that, too, because she was this great person, but she just has not met the right guy. That's why she's getting sperm donors, because she's getting older. She wants to have a baby. You know? Right. So and she's she's agreed to keep in touch, you know, over the next few years and let me know uh, what's going on. So if I'm on your show in two or three years, I can say, hey, remember that? Yeah. She's had her baby, you know. Perfect. You know. Now, yeah. uh, what this brings to mind for me um, and maybe for you know, listeners as well is uh, Edgar Casey and the, you know the Sleeping Prophet. The idea that I mean, yeah. he laid a lot of groundwork for what we understand now of um, this behind-the-scenes thing going on. This whole, like mm -hmm. you said, a production basically of life behind life. Um, a lot of a lot of groundwork was laid, and I, and I know that a lot of the terms that he used came out of the time that he was in not that there's time mm -hmm. you know not that there's time outside of this box but <laughs> um but a lot of uh a lot of things were done as far as uh past life regression for people that were writing in and healings mm -hmm. and i don't know that there were there were definitely uh future prophecies as well right that was a sleeping prophet yeah, matter so of fact, there's a I, I just watched a few weeks ago a documentary on him or mm. something that's out now, and I learned so much that I didn't know. One of my clients had this thing for Edgar Casey, so I said, well, hey, when you're on the other side, let's see if you can talk to him. And he did. We asked if we could speak to Edgar Casey, and they had a nice little 10, 15-minute talk, mm. uh, which was which was really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think of a lot of these cases they get kind of jumbled together after yeah a while. yeah yeah i'm but sure I remember some of the <laughs> some of the things that they, that they oh yeah one of my clients um the one that had the the tumors uh he'd have this affinity with um uh uh tesla mm. you know all the time you know he says birthday's the same day as tesla's uh he just had this affinity with him and he actually talked to tesla about a couple of his inventions that he was he's been having trouble getting them um getting them on the market you know there's some mm. really pretty cool there's a really good app that's amazing and uh, something about it's like shoes and you you wear them but it doesn't matter if you put them on the right or the left foot you know i mean it's still it's still you can use like so you can just like if you lose a shoe you just buy another one it doesn't matter if it's right or left you know kind of thing right. but anyway tesla kind of told him that you know good luck <laughs> you know he says a lot of times inventions that you have are these ideas he says other people are getting so many people are getting the same idea at the same time because the information's out there yeah and people pick it up you know it depends on who picks it up um and um you know kind of told him that um uh you know don't it, 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 this these just might not work even though you're putting all this time and effort into it but but it's good that he did it because you know he's, he's got his creative stuff going and maybe the next invention will hit you know. Yeah, you never know, and that's and that's 
asking Tesla, who had a lot of issues getting his stuff uh, through to the market. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him. I asked luck, him. Buddy. I have this. this uh, I, I've been wearing this. Uh, it's a it's a blue plate. They call it that. Supposed to be uh, test the energy that we don't see that um, uh, it's around and torsion. Uh, people they they call them Tesla Tesla plates or oh, okay. or whatever you know. Mm. And so I. I you know, because usually we don't we don't ask questions or anything about ourselves because it's our client session. Right. But I couldn't help myself a little bit, and I'm wondering <laughs> if I got rooked on this or not. You know, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And uh, and Tesla just said says, well, it might or might not work. <laughs> you know, so thank you, Tesla. Mm, gee. You know, so <laughs> Maybe. Anyways, I'm yeah. still wearing it. Because <laughs> you never know. So it's so wonderful now that that we now you know it's. For people to know about Edgar Casey, you know, like he would go into like a dream state, yeah, and then he would be able to see things for people. Well, that's what we're doing now is we're allowing people to do just what he did. You know, we get you to that same state that he did. And what's nice about it is, is they get to see firsthand what tests instead of secondhand, they're getting it firsthand. Mm -hmm. You know, right. they're seeing all these things. It's like you become. I tell people a way to kind of think about it is you become like a medium. Yeah. You know? Now, some people that are mediums, they don't have to get into a deep state of trance. They are one step ahead of us, and they can just see things when they're wide awake. You know? Right, right. And I said, the rest of us mortals, you know, <laughs> and us for us to be like that, we have to get to this, you know, kind of trance state, you know, yeah. in order to do it. <clears throat> and that helps them to understand a little more. Because when I'm doing these sessions with people, they're totally aware that I'm sitting next to them and they're in a session. Okay, they're talking to me. We're doing all this. Um, and some people think, well, because they can hear me and everything, they, they kind of thought, well, they would just go into trance. And then when I bring them out, they go, tell me what happened, you know, but it's not that way. And then, although it used to be that way, when Michael Newton first started this in Dolores, Canada, back in the eighties and nineties, um, a lot of times people would only remember little bits and pieces. And so they'd have to listen to the recording and they were shocked, like, oh my God, that's what I said. And yeah. that's what I learned. But there's been this shift in consciousness now where I think the wall mm -hmm. between the other side is gotten like this now. And so people don't need to be, you know, in a total uh, trance state, you know, where they don't remember it that deep, yeah. you know, to remember everything. It's that. So to some people that makes it. Yeah. yeah. It's that the knowledge base, it has um, infiltrated people enough that the, that veil is a lot thinner. Uh, people yeah. are, it's more common knowledge. Um, it's more uh, allowable, and whereas yeah. before it was like a no-no, and it, there was a taboo and everything. It was basically a lockdown. Uh, maybe it has something to do with the you know the change in the ages, or uh, or something. all that goes together the way it's supposed to go together. But there's definitely a, a greater acceptance to things being possible, and and that I think is a big uh, yeah. mechanism for hypnosis is that it has to be believed. And you yeah. also have to allow it. And I think people are a lot more open to that possibility. We have the knowledge is now so available to us all over of all these different yeah. uh, systems. Again, the groundwork was already laid prior to Edgar Casey. Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking to a wall. you got to get him to sleep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, it is really interesting to see because I remember even, even hypnosis in the 60s when I'd first heard about it. And, you know, something I remember, uh, you know, uh, thinking, well, I wonder if that's true. But then there was so much like, oh, you know, that's a bunch of garbage. That's people are just have their imagination. It's not a it's not really that. And then there was the uh, 
a lot of the churches were saying it was the devil's work, you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, and warning people against it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, but look at it now. I mean, hospitals have hypnotists uh, on their payroll sometimes. And uh, I know uh, John uh, Stasi. Stasi. Mm. He used to have the TV show. One of the things is the John Stasi. That sounds familiar. Um, it was NBC, CBS, or one of the one of the main guys. Anyway, yeah. someone will know that what that is. He did a on ABC or NBC, CBS, one of those things. He did a uh, an expose on it, and he was mm. there in a uh, in a in a not delivery room, in an operating room, and the person was having skin burned off her face because she was having to have facial surgery mm. and she did it with just her the, the the man came in put her in hypnosis and uh she didn't take any anesthesia and she's in this deep hypnosis and all she, all he saw her was a couple little tiny twitches mm. and uh, that was all she needed and the reason they did that is she was allergic to all these um anesthesia and the anesthesiology to yeah. any of the drugs that they use and right. sometimes when they tried it on it would take her months to get better oh wow just the anesthesia Eesh. so they, they said well let's try hypnosis so afterwards he interviewed her and he said did you feel any pain she says no i just felt him kind of you know touching my face and that and he says well what was going on in your mind mm. and he says she said oh i was up in alaska mm. and i was with all the penguins you know up there and i was swimming with the penguins and and watching them in the cool, you know, breeze like that. So apparently the hypnotherapist said that when this happens, this is where you're going to be. It was, it was amazing. Wow. You know? So that's started making believer out of a lot of people. Yeah. You know? It was on, on the news. Um, exactly. There was a book yeah, that came you know out in the nineties that, uh, that I read that was really insightful and definitely kind of brought more cohesion and more, uh, I don't know the science, but it brought, uh, more, um, mainstream through the practice of i think it was psychiatry or psychology was the many lives many mm. masters oh yeah. i was just going to ask you if that yeah. was the book yeah. i was going to say is it dr weiss's book yeah yeah real good yeah, real that's good been a, oh you know he's got another book out now too for the listeners here too that's good it's called one soul many bodies mm. uh that's really good um right. and on my website i have a, a two videos of him on the past life thing one is um uh his daughter on there where she got like a healing or something through, uh, you know, his, his techniques. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, cause he, I remember seeing him when he was on Oprah one time, this was before I was, uh, uh, doing this work. And he said that, you know, for so many years, even though he did these past life regressions, he still wasn't a believer. He <laughs> thought there must be something with the mind. Yeah. All he knew is that when people would go back to a past life, they would find out something about something about their health or why they are a certain way. They would come back out of that experience and their problem would just disappear. You know, he says, so whatever it is, it's working. Yeah. And then one day when he had someone in hypnosis, his son showed up and wanted to talk to him through his client, you know, and that's when he went, oh, my God, there is an afterlife. This is really real. And so, you know, then in, to this day, yeah, he's he's the pioneer. Yeah. You know, him and, and Dr. Newton and Dolores Cannon. OK. Three, uh, three of the big ones, mm -hmm. you know uh that way so here we are talking about it letting some people will be hearing this for the first time when they'll go what <laughs> it's possible to go to heaven and back that sounds crazy you know yeah um i tell people it's like having a near-death experience without the without the death part yeah now you know, initially i wasn't sure if like. i wasn't sure if you were talking something about by that description i thought does this have anything to do with dmt or you know oh <laughs> any kind of uh you know 
induced uh, state that would take yeah. us to another alternative perspective pers- uh, perspective uh, on life yeah. you know um they say yeah, when you I'm, die I'm you have that dmt gets released in your brain and that might be where the tunnel yeah. vision and all this um afterlife visions come from yeah a number of people who come to see me have done the ayahuasca mm-hmm. you know uh, quests and things like that and they've done mushrooms they've done yeah dmt and um what those drugs do is it, they kind of open the doorway and they kind of break the barrier a little bit and you get glimpses and things. But what's so nice about this is we do it in a really organized way. So you stay there as long as you want, you know? And, yeah. uh, so it's safe speaking, too. Very safe. It's safe. Yeah. We've not, you know, there's no devils or demons or uh, the, the only thing that's just a real tiny thing that people experience sometimes for just a moment. It's like if they're in a, if, in that past life if they have a difficult death mm-hmm. you know like yeah. if they're being chopped or stabbed or hung or whatever yeah it's um, wild but, isn't it yeah. but we're, we're yeah we're trained to just immediately give them a choice and they can either stay right where they're at and experience it because they somehow their mind works it out mm-hmm. um but most of the time they'll look at it like they're watching it from above you know like they you know watching it like on a movie screen right um play in that way. being played um, out yeah yeah now, here's what was interesting. The very first session that I did, I always remember it was a, a medium from Australia. Hmm. He had a TV show over there every once in a while. And um, he had been he got a few death threats and stuff like this because of stuff that he was saying. And it was really bothering him a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when um, uh, and here I have my my book this, of my training is about two inches thick and uh so I'm, you know, as I as I'm putting him in trance, I'm kind of turning the pages so he can't hear the pages turning, going kind of quiet. And I'm about three or four pages in, and he's in trance, and he goes, "Regan, I'm I'm already there." Mm. And I said, "You're in a past life." And he goes, "Yes." So I'm going, you know, page and page, beginning to kind of catch up with him, you know. <laughs> and um, he he was a young girl. He was mm. a young girl. He had uh, two buckets. He was carrying two buckets of water. She was carrying two buckets of water. I says, "Where are you going with this?" He says you know, um, uh, back to the horses. And I said, okay, let's see where the horses are. And I says, um, I said, one, two, three, you're going to where the horses are. She goes, I can't. Hmm. And I says, why? And she says, because the, the buggy that's coming down the road is going to run over me and kill me. (laughs) So here I am in my first session and I'm thinking, in any way in the world, I'm going to tell that little girl to cross that road. Yeah. I was like, what's like, it really shocked me. It was like, whoa. And then, okay, I've, uh, I'm okay here. So I told the, the little girl, I said, you got to cross the road. And then all of a sudden I waited a second. I said, what's happening now? And she said, she was bleeding out. She said, the wagon ran over her. She was bleeding out. And I, so I quickly said, you know, one, two, three, you can watch it. Like you're, you're outside your body watching right. it. She says, no, I need to experience this. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I was quiet for a little bit. And then, then she said she was done. Um, I need to stay around because the man who ran over me is beside himself. So mm-hmm. I need to calm him. I need to let him know somehow energetically that it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. so that was really sweet. Here's this, you know, she just had that. Anyway, then there was this guy, he calls him Merlin and uh, Merlin if, come to find out uh, he's so advanced spiritually that he doesn't even go to soul groups anymore. He just works independently and he's working. He was working with eight other of these independent souls that had incarnated on earth to try to do what they can to, you know, to bring us all up. Right. Rise up. Uh, and, um, and it was so funny because I'm sitting there, this is my first, 
first one hmm. and I'm nervous as heck. And all of a sudden he uh, he's in trance and, he, and uh, I'll call him Tom. Okay, Tom says, um, Regan, uh, m- my guide Merlin wants to talk to you. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh my God, here's somebody from the other want to talk to me. What's going on? <laughs> I says, okay, what does he want to say? And, and the guide from the other side says, calm down <laughs> to me because <laughs> my foot was going back and forth and i i'm thinking this is crazy you know this is that so anyway um here's the thing that was nice though you think well hey why does how does it you know what when and and the other people on his team they're on the other side was he came down here to be a medium and he says what that means is you have to tell people exactly what you see. You don't sugarcoat it mm-hmm. because it's up for the people to deal with what you give them. Okay. And that was a big thing for him. He said, he says, yeah, you know, I need to forget about sugarcoating things. I need to tell people because that's their lesson, right? you know, when he tell them that. So that was worth mm-hmm. the, uh, he said that was really worth, you know, the session for that. So, um, yeah, but wow. you know, most pe- the past lives people mostly go to, we call them digging potatoes lives. You know, people think, oh, you know, I'm going to be some king or queen or, right. or some famous person. They're, Doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, they're in an old shack somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. They're, we're just normal people, you know. Right. Well, that's, normal lives. I, I find that um, I, I had a, uh, a, a like a uh, chest issue that I thought was a heart attack. I had all symptoms of the heart mm. attack. Um, wow. For about 45 minutes, I was having shortness of breath. I was getting tunnel vision. And um, I had a bunch of memories come up during this time that were just like, well, not nonsensical. They were definitely um, organized of some sort. And they had meaning that I that I was getting a flash of this memory that was connecting to things. It was like a meaning. It was very important. Uh, but it was like really small stuff like at one time, uh, you know, like leaned what? up against the bush and this and the stick poked me in the back. Right. Um, it had more meaning than I thought it meant uh, at the time. But uh, I'd also forgotten uh, about it. Now I remember it. That kind of thing. You know, yeah. um, it, it felt very profound and very connected to like my whole life's experience. And I really didn't know how to put it together. And then the the. Uh, the heart chest thing you know went away and i was just left with this like is that what is that what it's like is that what that mm. that moment of um you know the last breath so to speak of this life are memories like. that are connecting mm-hmm. to something what i find is interesting is i had a uh, a regression done um a, a past life regression and i've had it done a, twice or three times and it always takes me back to like the point of time of death and uh the lessons seem to be somewhat connected to this current life in some way and one of them i was some high holy person um only one of them (laughs) so i did have Mm -hmm. a station at one point but uh i wasn't a good person and i was taken out of this temple and i was being stabbed um i was being carried out and stabbed in the back and from underneath in the crowd and uh wow so there's this weird connection that uh played out into this current life now i don't know that it connects any dots or you know um closes any gaps in the electrical current you know for the dna or for for the lives but Mm -hmm. the fact that i have this weird connection of uh 
you know, all these strange things that it may bring up in my life. When mm -hmm. I leaned against the bush, it may have brought up the lessons Stabbing of that past life to be played yeah, out in yeah. this current life that may not be a good thing. Um, so mm -hmm. perhaps it's cleared that uh, trauma slash having... lesson, yeah. you know. That's interesting. That that could be. It's almost like you worked worked it out. Um, what I found out, like, you know, when people are having difficulties, that's in their life. That's uh, I have people write a list of questions they want to have answered before mm. the council, and they mm. ask things like that. Yeah. You know, you could ask about your situation. Well, I had this poking in the back and went to this past life of that, and then you can say, you know, am I, you know, am I uh, all um, clear on that now, or right. is there something I'm still working out, or whatever. Um, if, if you hadn't worked everything out yet, then the next question would be, okay, how can we do this? You know, can we do it right here now? Cause there's some understanding you can have, so we can just end this. So mm. you don't have to have it in your life right now. Yeah. Know? Or, um, like, um, I had a, a client, um, a few years ago and she was a nurse and there was three doctors on rotation. And one of the doctors, when he would come in, uh, if she knew he was coming in, she'd be in her car and she would have panic attacks before she went in because she knew that at some point during the night, he was going to pull her aside and be very cruel to her emotionally. Mm. He would, you're the worst nurse and you, you're horrible. You should just quit. Mm. You're ugly, you know, whatever it was. So we get to the other side. It's one of the first questions we asked the council. We said, my client has this issue with this doctor who's very cruel to her and we don't know why. And now can you live in trance? And she grimaced when she heard that. Yeah. It's like, like yes, she didn't want to saying. Yeah. We didn't want to hear that. But anyway, here's the beautiful thing was hmm. when she came back after that experience there, we talked about it for a bit. And she says, I just want to hate this guy. You know, he's right. just so mean to me. But she let that sink in for a while. And about three months later, if I did follow up with her on that, just because I was cared about her when it was going on. And she says, this is weird, Regan. He says, he's not, he's totally not doing any of that anymore. He says, I don't, hmm. I don't talk to him or anything like that, but it's okay now. So something shifted. Yeah. You don't know if it was her energy that shifted or what, you know, but it's uh, having that realization. Maybe something happened in her subconscious. She worked on it and right. said, hey, maybe maybe I'm just getting payback, you know. Well, that that see the idea is that we get stuck behind the veil and we think we're all separate and this time is very linear and, you know, we get really stuck in a perspective of what life, what the experience of life is with the few senses that we're using. Um, in that case, she may have turned a switch, an electrical switch, a dynamic, you know, spiritual switch for her group that cleared the that cycle of karma that was uh, going yeah. on. I'm using that word. That uh, cycle, a vicious cycle that was going on energetically between those two souls, like uh, two suns rotating too close to each other. And then they just freed themselves of it. It's made, who knows, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah because see sometimes um, it's it's I guess you just have to kind of figure it out. But when people decide to be who they're going to be, mm -hmm. they decide a game plan and they decide the lessons they want to learn or maybe the the things they have to go down to their karma that they have to pay back. Um, so it's hard so hard sometimes to differentiate between whether it's karma that's happening to them or is this difficult thing they're going through something they signed up for to happen so that they could learn by by getting through the difficulty yeah so it's a little little difficult sometimes to know 
which it was. And sometimes it's because I've heard and read different case histories where uh, the client decides he's looking to earth, decides he's going to be this person. He's going to go through these difficulties and yeah, he can handle it. Well, he gets down here hmm. and you get in the human body and all of a sudden not as easy as they thought it was from up above. Yeah. And I've heard of like some souls, they get sidetracked, they get off, they get off track, they get, you know, uh, off track on what their mission is and everything. And so some of the difficulties they're going through are just caused because they just started making wrong choices that they didn't think that they would make, but they did, you know? Right. So it's those, those three things and you have to kind of try to figure it out, you know, did yeah. they just cause it or is it something they're supposed to go through or are they supposed to just, you know, finish up with some karma mm -hmm. so the tangled web that we weave that's what makes it interesting <laughs> tangled web yeah. boy don't we uh, no doubt yeah. oh my gosh wow. well now uh where can the uh where can the audience find your book oh um easiest way is amazon amazon um, just just type they type in three hours 33 minutes it usually pops up there yeah um on my website um uh, if they click on it on my website, like visittheafterlife.com, it'll take them right to Amazon, you know, right to the page. Okay. Um, I'm giving away um, the other book I finished recently. I have an ebook out. It's called Reincarnation is Real. Mm. And it's about all the current research being done by the University of Virginia, by the Newton Institute, the, you know, quantum healing. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of a fun book because you'll read something and then. Uh, you, you'll do is since you're watching on your computer, you click on the link and it'll take you to a YouTube video, which oh. is, you know, so there's kind of back and forth between reading, watching these videos and that. It's like 120 pages, but um, very, there's some amazing things going on there right now that about, you know, past lives. Um, hmm. University of Virginia, I'll plug their book even, um, yeah. just came out with a book called Before. Hmm. And Jim Tucker, who who's the head of the, the reincarnation, um, uh, well, I guess for 40 years now, they've had a, a reincarnation part of uh, University of Virginia. Somebody hmm. passed away and left the millions of dollars for them to do the research. But it's only uh, with children who remember past lives. Oh, yeah. So they, yeah, Ian Stevenson was the first person that he passed away and Jim Tucker took it over. And now they've published a lot of their findings where they have hundreds of proven cases now where children would say what happened and then they would send a research team to go find out yeah and they found out that exactly what the children said was real yeah, I've heard so of that's that. a that's a good that's a good one too awesome. you know that way um but uh journey of souls that's uh, journey of souls and destiny of Souls just passed the million sales mark now so there's a lot of them out there people wow. really want to know about this uh this stuff and it's a newtoninstitute.org there's 250 of us therapists on there people can find a you know they click in their area and try to find when someone's near you uh but we found out through covid we could do these on zoom yeah and uh, now a bunch of us are doing it on zoom and having about the same results so that's awesome that's amazing yeah and, and you do you do have openings for people uh, and yeah. or can direct them yeah. to somebody that's available yeah they can yeah when i find out because some people some people um like i'll send them homework to do and they, they they want the homework and then they're not really ready for six months or a year you know right. i tell people you'll you'll know something inwardly will tell you that you want to have a session when and when you're ready mm -hmm. i talked to some people three years ago and they just called me the other day and they said my wife and i we both want to do this now i think we're ready you know so yeah. you know it's no no sales pitch here it's just like we're here to serve and you know yeah. people want a session uh, we'll try to make it happen and like say get answers 
you know, gets, it's that's the biggest thing. People get the why. Yeah. So many things. And so when you come back, you start, you, you stop bitching about your life and being angry at God for this or that. You go, well, I kind of signed up for this. So what am I complaining about? <laughs> I better get to, I better get to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're hiding in the illusion. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me today here on the show. You're welcome. I definitely want you back on. I noticed there was a little lag on the uh, video. I don't know if it's because it was cell phone, but the audio sounded great. So all good so I, there. Yeah, that's, I'm not sure if it is either. It looks like I got three bars. I'm okay. I'm at my, my second home here in Monterey. Mm. I had to take a little breather. I'm about 100 feet from the ocean here. Oh, that's nice. And uh, <laughs> I need that sometimes, but oh, I've been yeah. working nonstop from here, you know, so right. it's a nice, nice place to do. But I'd, I'd love to come on again. You know, another thing that I'd be happy to do, even not, not for business, but just because I like people knowing about this, yeah. I have a regular hypnotherapy practice, mm -hmm. and energy psychology is taking over psychology, mm. um, either the tapping, EFT, right. uh, havening touch, havening touch is another one, and EMDR. One. Oh, my gosh, we have... Like most of my clients are people with PTSD mm -hmm. uh, and have uh, had a lot of violence in their mess, you know, yeah. and these three modalities, they, the first session, they have a huge, I have a huge healing, even the first session, usually by three or four sessions, they have a semblance of normalcy again, mm. where they've been going to talking therapy for three, four, five, six years or more yeah. and not gotten anywhere. So um, it's good to let people know about that now because that's taking over now. So we're, the world is changing in so many ways. A lot of healing is now possible that before wasn't. So yeah, it's true. It's you're, true. It's you're it. doing your work, and I'm I'm glad you're a light worker just like me. We're uh, you have a piece of the puzzle. I oh, have yeah. a piece of the puzzle. We're all working together here to help each other get back home. You know. There it is. To rise up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rise up. There we go. So just let me know if you want me back on. I'm happy to anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much.